SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Our two-hour extravaganza. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time on this Friday, July 9th. We got NBA last night. Suns grab a 2-0 series lead. We got some baseball stuff. We got some preview stuff to get to. Bad news for boxing fans. Worst news for Olympic fans. Uh, Woke is at it again. And political correctness is uh, reaching a new low. And uh, a story from tennis, which I, I just don't believe. Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe. We'll have to check with our guy, AK, down in Florida who's a member of our podcast crew. Uh, And uh, good news, I suppose, uh, for football fans. Uh, I don't know. And bad news for Trevor Bauer. We'll get to all that stuff coming up. And and a story that I'm telling you, I I broke this uh, little theory, and I do believe it's true uh, with our podcast yesterday about what's going on over at the Four Letter Network. So a lot to get to this final hour. Opposite picks coming up as well. And then again, all our baseball trends. We'll start in the NBA where the Suns did a carbon copy, basically a game number one. They take game two, 118 to 108. Remember, they won game one, 118 to 105. They take game two pretty much in similar fashion, uh, leading basically from start to finish. Wasn't quite as much of a blowout as it was in game one, whereas this time around the uh, Bucks were, you know, right around that 10-point deficit the entire second half. Never really kind of made any serious run, couple of runs, you know, but, uh, you know, nothing crazy. And every time they did, you know, the Suns would hit a big-time shot, just like in game one. And uh, ultimately, they couldn't make any stops when they needed to down the stretch. You know, Bucks are trying to make a, a serious run here and cut it to single digits and, you know, maybe grab the lead. But every time uh, Phoenix needed a shot, somebody was there, whether it was Booker, whether it was Chris Paul, uh, whether it was eight and out of dunk, you know, same old, same old. It, like I said, it's really just a carbon copy of game one. Both teams had 30 points in the fourth quarter. So Milwaukee was trying to score, but they just couldn't stop them. Uh, Sun scored 30 in the second, 32 in the third, and 30 in the fourth. I get it. It's 2021, and you're going to need, uh, you know, 120 points to win these games. But somewhere along the line, your defense has got to step up. And I tell you, this Bucks team, I don't think Budenholzer is going to get fired. I don't think. Because I think the players like him, but he's an awful head coach. He 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 is an awful – no mid-game adjustments, no defensive stalwarts that they can point to and say, you do this, you do that. I mean, it's just – he's got that dumb look on his face. Uh, you know, he doesn't know if he's growing a beard or not. You know, did he forget to shave or is he trying to grow a beard? Because I got to tell you, if you're trying to grow a beard there, Mike, it's not, it's not working out too well. It really isn't, you know. So – I, I think he's going to survive this year, but I also don't doubt that if Giannis went into that front office and said, listen, get this guy out of here, we, we've tapped out on as far as we can go with him, that they would fire him. It's tough to fire a guy that takes you to the NBA Finals. I get that, but as I pointed out in hour number one, 
Uh, you can make the case they would have lost in, in uh, round two against the, the Nets. Uh, you know, they were down two zip, and they lost game two by 39 points. So if not for Kyrie and, and Harden getting hurt, as I've told you, you know, they would have been out. So I don't know if necessarily getting to the NBA Finals this year is really going to save his job because he, he just doesn't seem like this team knows, uh, you know, what the heck to do uh, to stop the Phoenix Suns. All right, hour number two of our uh, two-hour extravaganza. Giannis, uh, the Greek freak, who's really not Greek. He's from Oklahoma. Uh, scored 42 points, you know, 15 of 22 from the floor. Got 12 rebounds, although I got to tell you, Talk about a bad beat. His over-under props, rebounds, 12 and a half. He had 12 after three quarters. He missed out by a half a freaking rebound because he couldn't grab a rebound in the fourth quarter. Ugh, that's tough. After getting, what, 17, 19 in, in game number one? Man. Uh, but he goes for 42, not enough, 12 rebounds. You got 17 at a holiday, but only uh, on seven of 21 shooting. Only 11 out of Middleton. So, you know, the Bucks, two, three guys, you know, combined for 28 points. Only eight out of Lopez. So, out of the, you know, the next three scores, if you will, 26 points out of three guys. You know, you're just not going to win. Just not going to win in the NBA these days. For the Phoenix Suns, uh, Devin Booker had 31 points to lead the way. Another good game from Chris Paul. Unexpected, terrific game from Mikael Bridges. 27 points, eight of 15 shooting. And um, what'd you get? Eight from uh, from DeAndre Ayton. So you put five players in double figures. Crowder had an eleven, uh, added eleven as well. Uh, and the Bucks only had four players in double figures. But this has clearly been a Chris Paul, Devin Booker show. You know, combining for fifty-four points. Paul ten of twenty shooting, three of five from three. Booker was seven of twelve from three. He had a big time shot one time. Uh, with the shot clock winding down, kind of a fall-away three uh, with a hand in his face. He's just obviously a very, very good player. Those are the two best players on the court for Phoenix by far, obviously. Uh, but they're unstoppable. You know, they just uh, they play like this. They're not going to lose, and I think they will play like this. So Chris Paul and Devin Booker, you know, everyone talked about Jamal Murray and Trey Young and, you know, all these uh, other guys that are kind of young guys that are coming up through the ranks, uh, John Morant. Um, but it's Devin Booker's the one that's really kind of you know elevated his game and his status. And Chris Paul, uh, like I said, he did nothing last night. If you grabbed him at plus 170, like I told you to do at the beginning of the series, he did nothing last night to hurt his MVP cause. Booker did get 31, but 23-8-4 for Chris Paul. Nice numbers. On top of what he did game one, Chris Paul is still, in my eyes, the favorite to win the MVP. I don't think FanDuel has updated lines on that. Well, player futures, they actually do. He's only minus 140. Wow, that's a pretty good play. We'll talk about it next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yeah, keep staying aggressive. Um, going back to Milwaukee, you know, we've been here before. We know what the deal is. Um, just got to be aggressive, keep enjoying, you know, playing together, keep enjoying playing basketball. You no, know, 
uh, and hopefully are good habits. You know, throughout the year, can you know take over, and now uh, we can put ourselves in a position to win the game. But we know we know what the deal is. Uh, we just got to do a better job rebounding the ball, uh, and it's it's tough. It's tough going small and like switching out, and then. Uh, I got I got to get my butt back and uh, help help my team to get the rebounds. Uh, but uh, we're going to hopefully move forward. Uh, we're going to do a better job with that. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. Ah, interesting there. That's the Greek freak who's really not Greek. Very interesting. Remember that for Game 3. His prop last night was, as Scott Wetzel sitting in on a uh, Friday morning, 13 past the hour. Um, you know, it's uh, his prop was 12, 12 and a half after getting, what, 17 in Game 1. And without trying, he got 12. And as I told you, he didn't have any in the fourth quarter. So just, you know, him throwing out there that he's got to get his uh, ass back there and get some more rebounds means he's due for another 17, 18, 19-point rebound game. Uh, That is an absolute – on Sunday, forget about his point total, forget about winning or losing, forget about all that stuff. I think your best bet is knowing that he's going to have a mindset he's got to get rebounds, he's got to dominate the boards. Uh, what were the boards last night? Let, let me see if that really was a telling tale. I didn't think they got out-rebounded that much, that that would be so uh, much of a concern. They had 40, uh, 46 rebounds. Yeah, they actually out-rebounded the, the, the Sun. So I'm surprised he was that so consumed with his rebound total. Maybe he had over 12 and a half as well, or his boys did. I, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I would definitely be playing over Greek Freak rebounds game three. And I tell you another thing, if you want to continue to play this, don't play Phoenix at minus 490 to win the series, as I or 480 to win the series, as I told you earlier. Uh, what if I think the Suns are gonna win? Well, I fully understand that. Uh, I would not be betting the Suns at 4-1, which you can get odds, or 4-2, which you can get odds, or even 4-3, which you can get odds because yeah, realistically, at this point, you'd have to bet all four because I, I could see the sun sweeping. I, I don't think that might happen or will happen, but, I you know, uh, I, I do believe they're capable of sweeping, winning four and five. So you'd have to protect yourself four different ways. So it, there's no sense doing that. Although, realistically, you could. Uh, and the only way you're going to lose money is if Phoenix wins in five games. So anytime you could lose money but have the right team, you don't want to do that because if, if Phoenix wins in five, it's only plus 190. All the others are plus four to one or more, but the plus 190, you'd be losing three bets. You'd lose 100 bucks. You don't want to do that. Here's how. Here's what you do. FanDuel, you go to players' futures. MVP, Chris Paul is only minus 140. Devin Booker is plus 270. Now, Aiton had a halfway decent game, but only ten points. Bridges had a you know terrific game. He's a, a hundred to one, but Mikhail Bridges is not winning MVP. Uh, you know DeAndre Aiton is not winning MVP. I don't see both those guys could score fifty points the next two games. They're not winning the MVP. All right, because someone's got to get them the basketball, and that more than likely will be Chris Paul. So Paul's going to get his points. He's going to get his assists. 
they're just real outside of goofiness in which, you know, listen, it's called gambling. But honestly, you can't make a realistic case for either one of those two guys to win the MVP. And then there's no one else for uh, Phoenix. Point is, it's only Chris Paul or Devin Booker. So rather than laying the 480 on the Suns to win the championship, I, I really am amazed. You could still get Chris Paul again at minus 140. So what you do is you take your 100 bucks and you bet Chris Paul, and then you take 25 bucks uh, or 30 bucks or 50 bucks, whatever it is, and you bet Devin Booker, and you can't lose. You bet twice as much on Paul as you would Booker. Because Booker is double the odds. You're, you're, you know, getting 270 on Booker. So, you know, if the goal is to win 100 bucks, you're going to, if you want to bet the Phoenix Suns, I'll try and make this as simplistic as possible, but it can be a little complicated. But right now, if you bet the Phoenix Suns, you're, you're laying 480 to win 100, right? Who wants to do that? So you take that same 480. Right now, let's bet uh, 200 on Chris Paul. So now you're laying 280. To win two hundred, then you take uh you know a hundred or two hundred dollars on Devin Booker, and that's to win five hundred and forty bucks. Now that same four eighty that you're laying to win a hundred dollars on Phoenix, you've just transferred that onto Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and the advantage of doing it that way is that. You can uh, win 140 more bucks if uh, Devin Booker ends up winning the MVP. So, uh, but Chris, I, I tell you, I wouldn't even fool around with Booker. I, I don't think Booker's getting it. I, I, I think getting Chris Paul right now minus 140. I got to tell you that that's pretty good odds. There's, you know, unless he gets hurt, which is always a possibility with anybody. I, I don't know how that he's not going to get the MVP. Um, you know, again, I think Booker could go off for 30. Remember, it's the MVP of the finals. So with Paul having the monster game one and having obviously a terrific game last night, I don't think Booker's next two games in their wins, we'll say, are going to be that much better than Chris Paul. Uh, I, I think Chris Paul minus 140 up two games tonight. Like if the series was over right now, Chris Paul would be your MVP. He's clearly the favorite, hence his odds. I don't know if Booker can make up enough ground in two wins for him to be the MVP. So with Paul running the show, I, I think Chris Paul minus 140 is a terrific bet. Uh, a really, you know, especially compared to laying 480 on the Suns to win it all. I wouldn't fool around with that. You you give me Chris Paul, I will take that any day of the week. Um, so because, again, you, all you have to do is lay 50 bucks on Booker and 200 on Chris Paul, and, and you're winning, you know, $150. So, or, you know, 150 on Chris Paul, and, and you're winning your $100 that way, and you're risking half the amount. So, definitely works out better. A little more complicated, but basically, it's either going to be Paul or Booker to, to win it all. So, game three is Sunday. Didn't realize uh, Larry Fitzgerald is part owner of the Phoenix Suns, and Aaron Rodgers is part owner of the Milwaukee Bucks. You see that? They both own like about 1% or so. I wonder what Rodgers would do. If in fact he uh, no longer played for the Green Bay Packers, interesting. Bucks are one in fifteen when down O games to two in a series. Their only win uh, this uh, year against the Brooklyn Nets. Trying to join the Clippers as the only teams arrive from zero uh, two down in the same year to win two series in the same year as uh, the Clips did. Um, Twenty points by the Greek Freak in the third quarter, most by any player in one quarter. In an NBA Finals the last 25 years, not that it helped them any, 
Suns had eight three-pointers in the first quarter, and they still trailed by one. You know, we gave you the numbers with the Suns with those uh, three-pointers. Eight three-pointers, which I think like set a record or tied a record. It was close to a record, and they still trailed by one. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And the Suns are now 13-0 and when leading by double digits this postseason. You know, all the comebacks that we've seen this postseason, and yet that's the one, you know, there's a reason why the Suns are in the NBA Finals and not all those other teams. They go up double digits, they slam the door shut. So a good job. They did it again last night as they end up winning by double digits. They might not have won all those games by double digits, but they won those games uh, outright. Boxing, uh, not good news. Tyson Fury and a bunch of his uh, handlers tested positive for COVID. His bout against uh, Deontay Wilder rescheduled for later this year. It was supposed to be July 24th in Las Vegas. So uh, second time this has been postponed. I don't think people care, to tell you the truth. I mean, you know, I, I think people would watch it, but I, I don't think people are like, oh, shucks, you know, I can't believe it. No way. Uh, it, it's still Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. It's, it's not cutting it na- nationally. It just, uh, it just isn't. All right, we'll check out our baseball trends next. Opposite Pick Sports Good Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Swung on and belted. High and deep right field, and forget about it, it is gone. Brad Miller with a two-homer night. This time it's a two-run home run, and he has put the Phillies up four to nothing. It's his eighth home run of the season as Miller tees off on an 0-2 pitch. I mean, he absolutely crushed it. Oh, my gosh. He crushes it to right field. It's a three-home run game. Off the lineup on the scoreboard. They better get a third homer hat. Brad Miller is living his best life. Another two run home run, and the Phillies lead it 6 0. And good old Brad Miller, Phillies Radio Network with the call. With uh, not one, not two, but three home runs. Now has nine on the season as uh, the Phillies do uh, crush the Chicago Cubs eight to nothing. Let's take a look at our baseball trends uh, that we've been following here for a little while and see how well they did yesterday. On uh, Wednesday, they went six and eight. Tuesday, they went five and seven. These aren't necessarily suggestions uh, that I'm telling you to bet, more so just uh, we're monitoring. And really, it's an exercise in showing you how you just can't rely on trends. Because if you, and I, I've done this with college football and NFL over the years as well. I, I pick out uh, every weekend, normally on our Friday shows, I'll give you, like, uh, whether it's here or uh, in the podcast, uh, the top five or six or so, seven trends from each sport. And, you know, at the end of the year, it basically comes out to be even. And I don't pick like goofy trends. I mean, I pick like really solid, you know, this team has covered nine in a row or 10 in a row or is 10 and two over, or, you know, real solid trends. And when everything is said and done, it generally finishes right around 500. 
So, and I got to tell you, you could uh, not count on one hand the antithesis of that. I mean, most guys <clears throat> bet trends, and even the so-called, you know, the experts of the world. If you see a line that's a little strange, following this stuff for, for a long time, I would say 80% of the time, I find a trend that's like, oh, now I understand why they're a road favorite. Now, now I understand why they're a, a seven-point favorite versus only a two-point favorite like they should be. Because there'll be some monster trend. I'm telling you, about you know three out of four, four out of five times, when I see a line that looks a little funky, like, yeah, that shouldn't really be that line. There'll be a monster trend behind it. Or if I see a line movement, you know, from a point or two, if it's a college football or NFL game, yeah, 80% of the time, the trends will say that team should win. So baseball, it's kind of the same thing. You know, like I said, five and seven on Tuesday, six and eight on Wednesday. And these are all solid trends. So get to the trends, Scott. All right, here we go. Cubs are one and 11, their last 12. All right, they did lose to Philadelphia. So if you played against the Cubs, you won. Dodgers 9-3 their last 12, albeit three straight losses. You know, I'm going to give them one more crack at it because it's Miami. Uh, they did win, so now you're 2-0. Uh, Milwaukee 12-3 their last 15 games. So you're going to bet the Brewers last night. They beat Cincinnati 5-3, so you're 3-0. Red Sox were 10-3. They were off. Detroit 9-0-1 over their last 10 games. They lost 5-3 to Minnesota. Over-under was five and a, or 8.5. You lost that one. Indians had lost nine in a row. You got to bet against them, albeit against Kansas City. They uh, beat the Royals, so you would have lost that one. Uh, Kansas City, though, was 7-24, and so you're going to bet against them. So that's basically a split. You would have won that bet because they did lose. Uh, Yankees, uh, 17-9 and over their last 26 games. They lose to Seattle 4-0. You would have lost that bet if you bet the over. Uh, Toronto was off with the rain out. Tampa Bay was uh, off as well. Arizona, 7-41 and 41, their last 48 games. They lose to Colorado. You would have won that bet. However, Colorado uh, was 6-33 and 33 on the road, so you would have bet against Colorado. So, again, that game kind of you know uh, went against each other. You would have lost that bet. Uh, and then the Dodgers uh, with 54 wins. They did win last night, and um, they have – it really is an amazing number. 43 now. Of the Dodger 54 wins, all but 11 have been by two runs or more. 29 over half have been by three runs or more. So, as I tell my guys with the pod, don't don't lay two to one on the Dodgers. There's just no need to. Uh, four out of their five wins, uh, four out of every five wins have come by two runs or more. It, it, that is a remarkable stat. Um, they don't win every single game. But you're saving a hell of a lot on the VIG when they don't win. I'll tell you that. So when everything is said and done, Scott, how the trends turn out, five and four. So it, you didn't lose because I, I don't recognize any monster favorites that lost. You know, Cubs were uh, a dog to Philadelphia. Uh, Dodgers were a heavy favorite. They won. Uh, Milwaukee was a favorite. They won. Uh, Detroit, the over. That would have been a 50-50 bet. Kansas City, Cleveland, you know, Arizona, Colorado. Again, they, they you know went against each other. So um, you basically broke even. Maybe a couple. You won a couple of dollars. So eleven rock solid trends, and that's the problem sometimes with these trends. You, you get two trends that are going against each other. Kansas City. Who's putting American money on Kansas City? 
You know, but that is Cleveland. Who's betting Cleveland? They lost nine in a row. You got to be nuts to bet Cleveland, right? Someone's got to win, though. So five and four. So for the week, uh, we didn't do Monday since we didn't work Monday. Uh, The trends are 16 up and 19 down. And that doesn't include the VIG. So you probably lost money. But we'll follow them um, on on the, uh, the show as much as possible at night and then uh, uh, and let them uh, help us uh, sway us towards our, our picks. Gave you the uh, the baseball stuff or the uh, NBA stuff and the uh, and all that. Uh, let's go to our pyramid plays uh, last night. So we did win with Phoenix and we did win with Chris Paul. We told you that we were rained out with Toronto. So we're 12 games over 500 with our NBA plays and uh, even with the uh, NBA plays at 37 and 37. Where are we going tonight? I tell you, we're, we're, you know, uh, maybe it's fitting that the show is ending after today is because uh, there, there's nothing enough left to bet on. No more hockey. We got WNBA. Let me see if uh, FanDuel's got our WNBA lines up because we got, uh, I think it's four games, at least three, might be four today uh, in the WNBA, which we absolutely own. Let us see. We got Olympic basketball. We got um, – Gold medal games. I mean, no, no, no WNBA yet, unfortunately. So, but we are going to go with the over Minnesota Las Vegas. I don't know what it is. Uh, I'm guessing it's going to be right around 170 or so. But the these are I, I meant to do this. They have a commissioner's cup. And and what that is, it's it's kind of a goofy thing. The NBA is thinking about doing it as well, where they're having a midseason champ. Certain games are designated. Commissioner Cup games, they're going to take the records of those games and then seed the teams, and then they're going to have a little mini tournament midway through the season. It's kind of weird. I don't know why they're doing it. I don't like it. But point is, I would say about 70 to 75, 80% of those games go over. Why? Not really sure, uh, except that they take those games just a little bit more seriously since there's a little bit more riding on it. Because I think that the the, uh, the midseason champ gets a, a berth into the postseason or gets a better seating or something goofy. I don't know what. It's a WNBA. But all I know is, following this stuff a little bit, those games tend to go over for some goofy reason. So that's one of those games. And uh, I'm guessing that that game is going to go over as well. Best baseball play? What is a lot of them today? They're really it, it, it is tough. You know, you got San Diego versus Colorado. The Padres should win that one. I love the White Sox. You know, you got the Dodgers. You got a bunch of other teams. They're bad teams against good teams. You're going to get a lot of high numbers this weekend. Um, I, I'm not a big believer in laying those odds, but I will lay the run and a half. But I'll take the Dodgers. There's no way. The Arizona Diamondbacks, who have one of the worst records uh, this side of Colorado on the road. I just don't believe they're going to go into Los Angeles and beat the Dodgers. Just, just don't believe it. I know the Dodgers have a lot on their plate, but they're still 28 and 13 at home, and uh, the D-backs are 10 and 36 on the road. That that is a nasty split. So I think your best bet on the board is the Dodgers in baseball, and I think overall, you know, without that much really to choose from, with no NBA, if you're only going to play one, it, it would be the Dodgers uh, as well. But lay the lay the run and a half to be fair. Our six club parlays. Uh, number 54, we had Toronto. That got rained out. So uh, that that does count as one selection. I don't know how they would do that, actually. I'm guessing, you know, if you said you wanted a 16 parlay, I'm pretty sure 
that wouldn't be wiped off the board. It would just be reduced to a five-team parlay. So we're going to count that as a no play, but we still only need now five more winners. We're going to put two in tonight. We're going to go right back to the Dodgers. Why not? They're not losing at home. And uh, we're going to go with uh, San Diego as well. They have the two sisters of the poor. Bad matchups this weekend for the bad teams in the uh, NL West. As the Dodgers have Arizona and San Diego has Colorado. Between the two, between two teams, they have 17 road wins. I mean, think about that. Think about how bad, you know, how many teams have more than, have 17 or more road wins, Scott? Uh, Let's see. San Diego, one. Dodgers, two. Giants, three. Cardinals, four. Reds, five. Brewers, six. Marlins, seven. Nats, eight. Braves, nine. Phillies, 10. Mets, 11. Angels, 12. Mariners, 13. A's, 14. Astros, 15. Twinkies, 16. Tigers, 17. Indians, White Sox, 18, 19. Yankees, Blue Jays, 20, 21. Devil Dogs and Red Sox, 22, 23. 23 teams have more wins or just as many as the as the uh, D-backs and the Rockies have combined on the road. Oh, that's pathetic. Opposite picks coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Music means time to take out your pad and pencils and get set for the fastest and more importantly, most profitable five minutes in radio, Opposite Picks. What are Opposite Picks you newbies ask? Well, we give you five, six, sometimes seven games a night. Five, six, sometimes 7,000 reasons why we like one team. And then we go opposite. Why? Because despite all the stats, trends, hunches, systems, injury reports, weather reports, and everything else, nobody but nobody beats the boys in Vegas. Proven it again this week, 9-4 and four after 1-2 and two last night. We're now 323, uh, three, uh, 323 up and uh, 3-0-2 down. 21 games over 500. Not bad. All right, we got nothing but baseball on our slate tonight. We'll start in San Diego where the uh, Padres laying a big number, so we're going to look at run and a half against pathetic Colorado. Blake Snell might start for the Padres. If he doesn't, no matter. The Rockies are in town. They couldn't beat Topeka high on the road, let alone the Padres. Colorado is a major league worth 7-33 and on the road. 7-33, and and now they face Blake Snell. Good luck. Rocks have lost 27 of those 33 games by two runs or more, so don't worry about laying the run and a half. Love San Diego tonight. Give me Colorado plus the one and a half runs. Pick number two, White Sox minus 140 at Baltimore. Keep playing against the Orioles with these generously low odds. White Sox are in first place in the AL Central. Orioles last in the AL East. 
and we can get the Sox at near pick them odds. Are you kidding me? You can't beat that. I mean, the Sox have won 8 of 11, while the putrid O's have lost 20 of 26. Adding to your dining pleasure, awful 2 and 11, Jorge Lopez is on the hill for the Birds. He sucks. Love Chicago late. Only a buck 40? Give me Baltimore plus the 120. Pick number three, Detroit plus 190 at Minnesota. Wow, I can't believe I'm about to say what I'm going to say. And that is the Detroit Tigers are red hot. Yeah, you heard that right. The one's biggest waste of human flesh in baseball uniforms are on fire, winning 11 of 18. Not bad considering this club was once 15 games under 500. And now you're giving me nearly 2-1 to one odds against awful Minnesota. The Twinkies are only 4-9 with Kenta Maeda on the hill as he is tonight. Oh, by the way, he does not deserve to be a 2-1 to one favorite. Love Detroit here all series long, as a matter of fact. Give me Minnesota, minus the 210. Pick number four, Mets versus Pittsburgh. Line is not out yet as the Mets don't know who they're starting, but I'm guessing they're going to be about a two-to-one favorite. Uh, This is the game that was rained out from yesterday. All-star snub, Taiwan Walker was supposed to go, but it looks like he's going to be skipped over for Marcus Stroman. No worries, no matter who goes. Mets still have the best home record in baseball versus the Pirates, who have one of the worst road records in baseball at 13-29. God-awful JT Brubaker starts for the Pirates. Pittsburgh is 2-10 in his last 12 starts, including five straight losses. No way does Pittsburgh beat the Mets tonight. Give me Pittsburgh plus the major odds against New York. Pick number five, Red Sox minus 140 versus Philadelphia. Yeah, we're getting Boston at a decent price at home against a mediocre Phillies team. How come? Well, I'll tell you why, because Garrett Richards is on the hill for Boston. He's one of the guys who complained about not being able to use the sticky stuff anymore. He got rocked his first time out since that crackdown, but he did hold the A's to two runs over five innings his last time out. So maybe things are calming down here a little bit for him. Sox were off yesterday as well. Phillies, meanwhile, were finishing up a series in Chicago last night. So they had the border plane fly halfway across the country. Uh, They're going to be zonk for tonight's game. Edge Boston. Sox are 10 games over 500 at home. Phillies, nine games under 500 on the road. Edge Boston. Love the Red Sox tonight, Lane. Only a buck 40. And give me Philadelphia plus the 120. Pick number six uh, Dodgers laying two to one versus Arizona. You need a winner? Look no further than LA versus Arizona. Dodgers send David Price to the hill, which figures to be a bullpen by committee game for L.A., so he's only going to go two or three innings at at most, but no worries. Uh, Aikens, uh, South Carolina's own Taylor Widener, starts for the Diamondbacks. Who the fudge is that? Uh, He's been in the minors for the last couple of months. Welcome to the show, kid. Now go beat the world champs. (laughs) Good luck. Also, let's not forget Arizona's god-awful, putrid, embarrassing 10-36 and road record, including 1-24 and their last 25 road games. 1-24. and I mean, you'd have to be the biggest moat moron, muttonhead, meathead, mush, bird, brain, basket case, blowhard, dunce, dimwood, dork, dope, fool, twit, jackass in the world to put American money on a team that's 1-24 and its last 25 road games. Uh, give me Arizona plus the one-and-a-half runs. Opposite picks, all baseball, Colorado plus one and a half at San Diego, Baltimore plus 120 against the White Sox, 
Twins plus uh, minus 210 against Detroit. Pittsburgh uh, plus the big odds against the Mets. Philadelphia plus 120 at Boston. And uh, pains me to say it, but give me Arizona plus the one and a half runs against the L.A. Dodgers. Opposite picks for this Friday, July 9th. Uh, there you go. Post those on the website, uh, and I'll do that uh, every day uh, once we start our uh, evening show next week as well. All our all the things that we do um, here on the morning show, I'll just post on the website because people have asked about that. Uh, you know, whether it's our uh, six club open parlays or our pyramid plays or the opposite picks. As, as I do now, I'll try and continue to do that. Um, generally get that posted around two, three, four o'clock Eastern time. So and don't forget, uh, you know, if you uh, like what you hear, then uh, feel free to join us Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. to midnight, me and Dane Martinez with in-game live. Uh, normally I host Friday nights anyway and uh, in Sunday afternoons. So we're just uh, switching it up here a little bit at Sports Grid, and I'll be doing that uh, Monday through Friday from uh, here on out. All right, a couple of stories here uh, as well before we let you go. Um, hey, listen, nothing for nothing. You know how I feel about the four-letter network. You know, every sports story in the world has to center around them. But I do find it amazing uh, that uh, the, the fact that Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor, I don't know either one, you know, are, are you know, like two, uh, two cats uh, fighting here. You know, um, it's interesting. You know, no big deal. You know, people have their own issues. I got my issues. You say this. I say that. Whatever the case may be, you know, knock yourself out, right? So I do find it interesting, though. I, I really do. Um, you know, the, the, if you haven't followed it, Nichols, uh, who does the NBA Finals hosting, you know, lost her job last year <clears throat> to, to Maria Taylor. And she was talking to somebody, I, one of the agents, and the, the tape was still rolling even though they weren't on the air. And she said basically that Maria Taylor got the job over her because she's black. And then she went on to rip the ESPN hiring practice of, of not hiring a lot of blacks or minorities, including women. So that was leaked to Maria Taylor by the producer who was still rolling the tape last year. So what's that got to do with this year, Scott? Well, that's the interesting thing. NBA Finals comes around a couple of days ago, and Taylor is uh, given this story supposedly, and the story was leaked to the media and the whole big shindig. Even Adam uh, Silver, G, uh, commissioner of Major League Baseball, made a comment about he's disappointed in the four-letter network, um, and blah, 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 right? So at the end of this story, I see where it says Taylor's contract with the four-letter network is expiring in a few weeks, and she's uh, trying to negotiate a new deal. And I'm like, ah, uh, now it's all making sense. And again, more power to her, knock herself out. But the Nichols situation was last year. So the producer, who's no longer even at ESPN anymore, um, gave Taylor the story, the clip, last year. So... Well, why is this story now becoming a story? If it happened last year and she got the clip last year, I don't know. Well, why, Scott? Because Taylor's contract is up with the four-letter network. Uh, can you hashtag Google Aaron Andrews? 
I don't. I doubt very much that she did what she did or what happened to her on purpose, as people like speculated with the guy taking the shots uh, through the uh, camera uh, in the hotel when she's doing the butt cheek exercises. But what I will tell you is, from that point on, Erin Andrews' career took off. Took off with all the publicity she got and all the sympathy she got. Do you think it's coincidence Maria Taylor's contract is up and this story breaks now, a year after the fact? And supposedly the only person, as far as I know, that got the clip was Maria Taylor. You don't think maybe, just maybe, she, her people released this story right at this time, right before the NBA Finals, right when she's trying to negotiate a new deal. You don't think maybe she did that, her people did that on purpose, do you? No. Gain some sympathy? You know, try and get that negotiating edge. You know, how's ESPN going to fire her now, right? Not that they necessarily would, but, you know, they'd have a lot more to be able to say, well, take it or leave it. You know, you can't do that now. It's basically like, you know what, all the publicity that she's received, all the sympathy that she's getting. I mean, you talk about putting a team in the corner. uh, This has clearly put the four-letter network in the corner. Let's just say this has worked out very nicely for Marie and her people. Hmm. Yeah. Am I the only one that realizes that? You know, um, I, I don't doubt for a second. Just say it, Scott. I don't doubt for a second her people release the story. I really don't. And again, more power. I'm not necessarily criticizing her. I mean, you know what? In the world of negotiating, I've been down those paths. It is tough. You've got to use every tool possible. So you know what? Knock yourself out, Maria. Congratulations. Not a criticism at all. But I, I wouldn't be feeling sorry for her that much either because – it seemed to me, it looks like she released the story at this time. Why? Why is it coming out now, a year later? A year later, and and again, from the stories that I read, she was the only one that got the clip. So I don't, I don't. That's pretty good. Good job, Maria. I'm impressed. I'm actually impressed. I really am. Uh, Major League Baseball is trying to do the right thing. Players Association as well as uh, they've extended Trevor Bauer's uh, leave seven days expired. The Players Association had to agree to make it another seven days. They have. I don't know if it's with Bowers' consent. I don't know if he's pissed off. But he might not. I got to tell you, he might not pitch again this year. You know, anyone putting American money on the Dodgers to win the World Series, counting on him being there, I would not. Now, listen, they won last year without him, so it's not like they can't win without him. But, uh, you know, um, I I would not be counting on him. I got to feel this is going to get ugly. It's it's a battle that he said she said was he set up did she you know set him up by saying you know hit me hit me hit me and then he did and and he went obviously overboard but did she I mean who knows I, I don't know how they're gonna come to a conclusion on this I really but at least baseball is doing the right thing by saying you know no you you can't pitch you you just you just cannot do it. Uh, we'll close up shop with a really wacky, funny, um, I don't know if I believe it or not, story from tennis. Believe it or not. That's next. Opposite Pick Sports Good Radio. I'm a fool, fool. I've been such a fool. I'm blowing my SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Ah, there you go. <clears throat> That's the song we used to use all the time. Uh, let's wrap up shop with a couple of things. Uh, interesting tennis story, really two of them. One, Andre Agassi, Boris Becker. Uh, you know, Becker uh, and uh, Agassi played in the, in the 80s, 90s. Uh, Agassi uh, won 10 of the 14 matches, lost the first three, actually, then won 10 of the next 11. And he told the video uh, production company, Unscripted, that uh, after studying and facing Becker three times and losing, he figured out that the Becker had a tell that his tongue would, and I meant to tell my producer to get this, but that's okay. Uh, his tongue would tip to the direction of his serve. So if he was serving to the left, his tongue would stick out to the left. If he was ter- serving straight uh, or to the right, his tongue would stick out straight. I mean, uh, is that possible? Uh, is that really, I mean, as you know, listen, we all think we're professional athletes. Uh, do they really break it down that, that much? I mean, he said it with a straight face. So, Kind of weird. I don't. I don't know if I believe that. I. I don't know. Uh, meanwhile, Boris Becker uh, drew criticism uh, as he's doing a match commentating for the BBC at a quarterfinal match between uh, Novak Djokovic and uh, Martone Fuksovic. Uh, they showed uh, Martone's girlfriend, his fiance. I mean, you talk about a hottie. Oof. So Becker, all he says is. Uh, you know, they're talking about where he's from, what country, and this and that, and how good tennis players they have. And he says, um, it, they do say that uh, the most beautiful women in Hungary, I don't know about that, but I know certainly she's very pretty. That's all he said. The chief executive of the women in sport criticized Becker for the objectification of women because he called her pretty. I mean, what is this world coming to? He didn't insult her. He didn't minimize her. He He, he said she's pretty. I mean, holy crow. Good luck trying to keep a job in radio. I guess we all should just be boring like the folks in Oklahoma. I don't know. It's it's amazing what you can't say now without being called out for something. Remarkable. Uh, Good job by everyone involved. Again, don't forget, check me out later on tonight, in-game live, and then all next week from here on out, midnight or 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern time for yours truly. Check out the podcast. Go to the website, oppositepicks.com. Be safe. Enjoy your Friday. And uh, we'll talk to you later on tonight. 